Welcome to the Home Church Podcast. My name's Kenny, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Home Church, and we gather in Maiden, North Carolina. We're so glad you tuned in to today's episode, and we hope that this episode will help encourage you and inspire you as you continue to follow Jesus step by step. Well, uh, again, good morning. My name is Kenny, and uh, it really is an honor for me to be the lead pastor here at Home Church. And today we're uh, kicking off a new series. I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about hope today. And uh, when I when I mention the idea of hope, or when you hear about hope, uh, oftentimes what people say to me, or kind of the things that are a part of the the ideology when people think about hope, it kind of falls like this. For me, uh, so my Panthers are zero and two, and and I hope that even despite Bryce Young not playing tonight, that we can get a win. Because otherwise, then I'll hope for the number one draft pick again next year, right? <laughs> um, but we, we see hope show up in, in other ways in our life, ways that we communicate it. Uh, I hope that it doesn't rain on my wedding day, right? Uh, I hope that my kid actually gets some playing time and has to stop riding the bench. Because I hope I don't have to go cuss that coach out for not playing my kid, right? Um, you know, uh, we, we see uh, hope in, in so many different ways. Um, some of you even walked in today, driving in, you were talking with your family, and here was the conversation. You were, you were talking about hope, and you said, uh, listen, I hope that we can be everyone over to Brookwood and grab some lunch, because I know our pastor, even though he preaches real good, sometimes he goes a little long, and so I hope we beat the other churches out and get to Brookwood so we don't have to wait outside today, Right? So this is, this is, when we talk about hope in our culture and in our society, this is oftentimes the kind of idea that, that we talk about. It's really around the, the concept of our, our wishes, our desires, kind of the things that we think make our life easier, maybe some of the things that bring us joy. Um, but I want to I kind of open up the curtain a little bit and, and just let you know that as a pastor, uh, we have these kind of conversations out in the atrium. Uh, but sitting in, in my office and on difficult phone calls, those are not the conversations around hope that I have. And the, the reality is I think many of you can probably understand that, that we use this idea of hope, and you say it probably pretty often. But when I hear about hope, the thing that really makes sense, the, the one that really starts to drive in is, is because I, I think that our culture Um, I think that we have done a major disservice to the idea of hope. I think that we have hampered hope because all we do is talk about kind of our hopes and dreams and wishes. But when I have conversations, I have conversations with people who tell me that they are dealing with financial ruin and if God doesn't have a breakthrough for them, something doesn't miraculously happen, that they're probably gonna lose their car, that means that they can't get to work and then they're gonna lose their house and they have no idea what's gonna happen after that. When I have conversations with people, they're they're telling me about a diagnosis that they or a family member got, and they have no idea how this thing's going to turn out. When I have conversations with people about hope, they tell me about the incredible soul harm that has been done to them by people that they trusted, believed in, and said loved them. And yet, their relationships are broken and they're not sure how they can even be in the same room with some of these people. They have no hope because they can't trust anything or anyone because of the hurt that has been done to them. See, when, when, when oftentimes when we think about hope, man, it's, it's kind of easy. 
And, and I do, I hope that my Panthers can actually turn around. Uh, but, but today I really, I want to talk to you about the real idea of hope. When we were stepping into this fall, one of the things that we were seeking, you guys know that if you've been around home church for a little while, we've been praying for revival. We've been praying that God would do a, an incredible work in the hearts of people in our town and in our church. It started a few, uh, well, really a few months ago where we taught through the book of Nehemiah and we saw how God brought rubble and brought it into revival. And then we had a day where we said that praise precedes the presence of God and then we had an incredible night of worship and then for the entire week we walked around, we marched around our town praying that we would see miracles. And, and then last Sunday we had this thing that we dubbed Take the Town Sunday where we were praying that Jesus would sweep through our town spiritually and last week uh, we were in two different services and today we're all back together. So, so I, wanna, I wanna fill you in on some hope because a part of that whole vision over this season that God gave me was not just that, but the thing he laid heavy on my heart is something that I deal with pretty often, and it's the fact that we live in a very hopeless world. There are people that are around you, probably people that are sitting in the room, I don't know, maybe even sitting in your seat, who, if they were being honest, have no hope. Have no real hope. I mean, I'm not talking about football games, and I'm not talking about uh, getting your kid off the bench, and I'm not talking about, you know, good weather on wedding days and, and all that kind of stuff. I promise I'll get you in the line at Brookwood today, okay? So don't you worry about that one. I got that one. You don't have to hope anymore. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things that genuinely need you to put faith for God to do something for you. That's the hope I want to talk about today. That's the thing that, that I felt like God said is rampantly needed in our community. And so for the next month, we're going to, uh, well, really even more than that, for the next several weeks, we're going to walk through a series called House of Hope. The thing that I felt like God said is that this is a house of hope. This is meant to be a house of hope for people. So I can't promise many things. I can't promise you I'm going to preach real good. I'll try. I can't promise you we're going to sing the song you love. I can't promise you we're going to have donuts and that the coffee won't be a little too strong or a little watered down. I can't promise any of those things. But I can make you one promise. That during this entire series, every single Sunday, we will hold up Jesus Christ and we will show hope to a hopeless world. So that's what we're going to lean into during this series. So I'm glad you're here for it. And so it's going to all base around uh, an entire chapter of the Bible. So if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to, to open it up to Hebrews chapter 11. Now, this is what's uh, referred to as the faith chapter. And so if you don't have your Bible, completely okay. We've got, uh, you, you can pull it up on your phone. The YouVersion app has the live event happening right now. You can download the home church app. We have the sermon notes right there. Uh, if you are watching online, we'll put the scripture right here at my feet. And if you're in the room and you don't have a Bible, we'll put the scripture on the screen. But today, we start walking down this, this faith chapter, this entire chapter around faith. And I want you to see how this connects to the idea of hope. And that's where we're going to go today. So if you have your Bible, here we go. Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll be in verse 1 today. If you got it, give me a, I'm ready. You need me to hold up? Anybody need me to hold up? All right, let's go. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. 
and assurance about what we do not see. I want to read it to you one more time. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You know, life has a a way of kicking you in the teeth sometimes. Anybody had life kick you in the teeth before? Probably most of us. The, the reality is, is that I think about oftentimes how life has kicked many of us in the teeth. And, and I also think back to the disciples who were following Jesus. See, these were ordinary men who Jesus encountered. And he said, hey, come and follow me. They left all that they had to follow this rabbi who claimed to be the son of God. And they followed him along his journey. And they put all of their trust in him. They left all they had behind. All of their hope was in him. And it's an interesting thing because the first thing that they learned, because many of them had their hope that the Savior was going to save them from Roman oppression. And then they learned, yo, that ain't it. (laughs) That's not why the Savior's here. So could you imagine their hope being disappointed and let down in that? Because that's a pretty big deal. Now, we don't live in opposition in America. You're not oppressed uh, religiously in America. I I don't care what the news tells you. You still have the ability to to come and worship and pray and and do all that. You're not oppressed like these people were. But then, all of a sudden, they they go through and they continue to follow Jesus and they put their trust in him. And then they watch him go through a trial where he is convicted and then he is uh, sentenced to death. And then they watch him be uh, crucified on a cross. He literally died and they watched him be buried. Could you imagine having left everything, all of your hope in Jesus and watching that situation? I mean, I, I, I can only imagine the difficulty of that. And the thing is, is that I think all of us can connect in some way, shape, or form to the idea of watching some of our hope die in parts of our life. Um, many of you have been walking with us for a little while, and you know parts of our story. Um, but I'm married to Katie. We've been married for 13 years, and, uh, and we have three children. And uh, Jackson was our first, and, and then a- along the way, we found out that we were pregnant again. And I would have been fine with just Jackson, but then we found out we were pregnant again, and it's like, okay, here we go. And then along the way, we found out that we were having twins. And y'all, I'm just here to tell you, your boy, I laughed and cried at the exact same time when I found out we were having twins. Um, and so as we were walking through that, that process, we had this, um, we started to realize some, some difficulties. And uh, along the way, our doctor started to meet with us, and, and we started to get to a point where uh, the doctor realized that there was this thing called a reverse diastolic flow. Now, I know none of y'all are doctors. Y'all probably don't understand what that means. But what it means is that ultimately, the, the, the food that was going from Katie's body into our twins was starting to reverse back away, which is not good. And the, the more difficult this got, the more serious the situation got. And I'll never forget the conversation with our doctor when he was trying to help us understand and explain all of this. And he said, we're going to have to keep a really close eye on this because we can't let this get too far. Because if this gets out of hand, I need you to understand, you are either going to have two children or you will leave the hospital with none. 
And so we walked through that, and there was a, a series of a month where we were literally going to uh, have an ultrasound every third day. Now, if you've had an ultrasound, you understand, but think about going every third day to, fi to figure out, like, is today the day? Every third day, we were packing up the car, we were making plans, like, that today's the day. We did that for over a month. And so then finally, on December the 3rd, um, this happened. I want to show you this picture. Uh, we had uh, twin boys, Jesse and Josiah. And uh, Katie was a champ and was unbelievable. Um, but they were born uh, premature. Uh, they were born at 34 weeks. And so that meant that they needed to go spend some time in the NICU. And so uh, they did. They spent over a, a week in the NICU and uh, started to grow and, and get healthy and, and, and started to develop and, and all that great stuff. And so finally, we got a chance to take them home. And this was what they looked like when we got them home. And, well, that one's not it. It's the other one. There, there it is. There's that one. So we got them home right around the time of Christmas. And... Uh, and, and so all of a sudden, we had had them home for about a week, and then uh, and Katie just realized that Jesse was starting to not act all perfect. And, and it started to get worse, and he started to turn color, and so she decided to take him to the hospital. And actually, we ended up taking both of them to the hospital, and they both got, uh, we realized that they were both very sick. Um, they had pneumonia, they had flu. Um, and things were not looking so great. And then there's this other picture. You saw it flash up there. That's, that's Jesse. And uh, Jesse is the oldest of our twins. He came out first. And there you see him all plugged up to tubes. And I'll never forget the phone call Katie made because I was at home with Jackson. And she called and she said, hey, this, this is not good. Um, and she said something that, I'd heard this on TV shows and all that stuff before, but it never really registered until this moment. And she said, Jesse is in critical condition. I mean, like, if you have kids, you know. This is tough. Like, all of the things start to go through your head, like how this is going to go. To hear your kids in critical condition, it, it just puts you in a place. I mean, we walked through that season, and it was really, really difficult. And I think many of you, in some ways, can connect to this. You've had illnesses, you've had deaths, you've had uh, financial issues, you've had things going in your life where that are that are a similar situation where all of a sudden you need real hope. You need God to come through in a way that you can't control. You can't count on a doctor, no matter how great they are. You can't count on a lawyer no matter how savvy they are. You can't count on a job no matter how helpful it is. At some point in your life, we get to a place where the only thing that we really can put our hope in is something that you can't even see. It's the thing that Scripture calls us to do, Jesus calls us to do, which is so hard because in the hardest of moments, he calls us to do the thing that some people, even in their best of days, have a hard time doing, which is to have faith. And so I, I want to show you this quick story of one of the disciples. His name was Thomas. Now, he's picked up a, um, a bit of a bad reputation 
in our, in our Bible. We call him Doubting Thomas because uh, after Jesus had been resurrected, uh, he had heard from his friends that Jesus was alive. He's like, nah, homie, I don't believe you. I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I hadn't seen him. Man, until I touch that dude, until I can put my hand where the nails were and in his side, I ain't believing it. And so I want you to see this, this moment where, uh, where, where Thomas has this. This is in John chapter 20. If you're in your Bible, slide over just a couple of chapters. John chapter 20, here's the story. It says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Jesus had already shown up to the disciples once after he had been resurrected. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. <laughs> That's a good day for them, man. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Though the door was locked, Jesus came through and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Can you I mean, could you just imagine hanging out with your dudes and like Jesus just evaporates in through the door? Like, what? And then he's like, peace be with you. And you're like, oh, peace, Jesus, you just like literally metaphysically came through the door. I'll be scared. And then he said, not to everyone, but then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is the crux of Hebrews chapter 11. The fact that we are called to have confidence in what we hope for and to be assured of things that we cannot see. This is the idea of faith. This is, this is, this is what Jesus calls us to. And so today I want to tell you, I don't know what you walked in here today with. And I, I, I don't know what all's going on in your life, but here's what I know. I know that some things, they don't look good in your life. I, I, I know that uh, you maybe don't see a way out of the situation that you are in. I know that maybe the pain is too much and you feel like you can't bear it. I, I know that you miss that loved one that was so close to you. And I know that you're scared of that diagnosis that you got. And I know that you cannot see the future but you are being asked to put your faith in the one who has already seen it through and has made it happen. I wanna, I wanna show you an illustration. I'm gonna invite a couple of our ladies out here for a moment to, to bring me a couple of chairs. I wanna show you this. Come on, ladies, let me get those chairs. Look at you, Savannah, no, mu no muscles. Thank you, friend, I got them, thank you. So I got these two kind of identical twin-looking chairs, right? The thing for many of us in our lives is that we don't understand that we make a decision to have faith every single day. I don't know if you know that. And even when you feel like you're doubting, because I know I've been there, 
There were moments when our twins were sick, I'd call my pastor and I'd be weeping and I'd be like, man, I've got faith. Dude, I'm in ministry. I, I preach to people. I tell people to trust God in these moments and yet there's something in me that is wavering. What is that? Why? Why am I struggling? Why am I not able to put my trust in God? Why, why do we have these moments? And these two chairs represent the decision that in every day and in every moment and in every situation that we have that we get a chance to make. Because the reality is, is that you put your faith in something every single day. Some of you put your faith in fear. You, you have these moments where you doubt. And so all of your faith goes to, oh my gosh, I, I hope that I can make it through. I hope that financially we're going to find a way. I, like, I'm not really sure how this is going to work out, but man, I, 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 I'm just not sure. And, and then we always t- tend to lean towards the negative side of things. There's no way this relationship is going to be restored. My kid's never going to talk to me again. There's no way that, 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 that this, this job that fired me, there's no way I'm going to find another job after this. Many of us put our faith in fear. We look at the negative side of things. We worry. We have depression and anxiety. But the reality is, is that you have faith. It's just that you've put your faith in the wrong place. But there are some... And this is what we're called to. This is the thing that Christ Jesus calls us to, to have confidence, to have assurance. Because here's what's interesting. This chair, oh, it's just a little, oh, it's it's pretty light. The thing is, is that I put my faith to just even sit in that chair. I'm a big boy. Many of us would have been worried, can this seat hold me? Hey, 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 are, are my sides going to fall out the end? Like, how, am I going to fall through? Like, how, what happens? And yet, even in our world, we put our faith in chairs to hold us. We put our faith in doctors to take care of us. We put our faith in so many things of this world. Even when we fear, when we're worried, we go to those places and those things to give us comfort. And yet we're called to have faith, to have confidence to be assured. And though many of us put our faith oftentimes in fear, you and I are called to actually put our faith in faith. (laughs) That I'm not sure how this relationship is gonna work out. I'm not sure how the job is gonna work out. I'm not sure how I'm gonna make it through financially, but here's what I know. In the end of all days, all things will be restored. At the end of all days, this cancer might eat my body alive, but I will be new again in a brand new creation with no more tears and no more pain in the end of all days. Yeah, the doctor might not have the diagnosis, but I know the ultimate healer and his name is Jesus. I know the ultimate provider and his name is Jesus. I know the ultimate restorer and his name is Jesus. See friends, this is our problem right now because we have hope. We choose hope every day in the matter of faith. Oftentimes we put our faith in fear rather than in Christ Jesus. This was Thomas' story. 
Yo, I can't believe it till I see it. Well, until the doctor tells me that I'm healed, how do I really believe God's going to come through? Until I see that check come through, how can I really know? This is the crux of faith. You don't know. That's why it's called faith. But here's the thing. You don't know about this either. You don't know how bad it might be. And sometimes, can I just tell you, it's, it's not good. Sometimes God does not heal. He allows to die. Sometimes financial breakthrough does not come. Sometimes he allows the valley. He's not calling you to trust him for these things. He's calling you to trust him in these things. In them. Now, no, yeah, we, he, he gives us the ability to call on him to have hope and faith for these things. That's what he, he loves us. He's a good father who wants to give good gifts and good gifts to his children. But he calls you to trust him and to believe in him and to sit back and to trust and to believe. It might be a flimsy chair, but God's got a hand that can hold any amount of weight. Friend, you have the ability to choose hope today. You have the ability to choose faith today. You can decide if you're going to put your faith in fear, or you can decide if you're going to put your faith in the one who created all things. All things. So here's what I want to leave you with today. Old Thomas, he saw incredible things. He saw Jesus. He got the chance to put his hand. And Jesus said something really powerful. He's like, blessed are you, but you've seen it. But more blessed are those who have not seen it and still believe it. And I want to just be really honest with you because oftentimes pastors will stand on this stage and they'll tell you about a situation that they walked through with their kids and, and they said, man, follow my example because I got a ton of faith. You can follow me as I follow the Lord. I want to tell you, I was a mess. I wept like a child. I cried out to God because I had no control and I'm a control freak. <laughs> And there were days and moments where I was asking God, why? Where are you? What's up? Yo, I do your work. I preach on your behalf, and, and you're going to make me walk through this? Just being honest with you. Oh, I know you've done that too. I need you to know that just because I'm standing here doesn't mean I got it all rocked down solid either. There are moments when I've chosen fear as well. But there's something really powerful about how God speaks. God speaks in the language of faith. And the reality is, is that hope is a habit of faith. I want you to hear this. We, we, we make habits 
of what we do all the time. We make habits of choosing fear and worry and depression and anxiety and all that stuff. But Jesus calls us to make a habit out of putting our faith in him, to having hope. Hope is a habit of your faith. And so, although I'm not perfect, I will tell you one thing, that Katie and I, we spoke life over our situation. And there were moments when we tried to trust God with all we had. In fact, it went so far that when we realized we were having difficulty with our children, we actually named them names on purpose. Jesse, we named him Jesse because Jesse means gift of God. such a gift. If you ever meet Jesse, man, he's incredible. He's got such personality. He's so charismatic. Man, he's so fun. And then we named Josiah, Josiah, because in the womb, Josiah was honestly, he was the one we were worried about. If you meet Josiah, he's just a little smaller than Jesse right now. Some, when you're watching this, when you're older, you're going to grow up, you're going to be awesome. And you're going to probably beat your big brother's butt. I know you will. but we were really worried about Josiah. And no doubt there were moments where I was fearful and worried. But in this moment, I chose to put my faith and my trust in my creator and his creator. And so we named Josiah, Josiah on purpose. Josiah in scripture was not only the youngest king in all of scripture, but the name Josiah means God has healed. We literally named him out of hope. The name that he walks around with, and if you meet him right now, he's got lots of names. We call him Jojo, Saya. We call him lots of different names. But he'll tell you that his favorite name right now is Josiah. And he doesn't know it, but he's proclaiming faith over his life. That God has not already already healed him, but God will continue to heal him. And I'm believing that one day God will give him the ultimate healing, that he will receive the gift of faith, put his trust in Jesus Christ, just like his mama and daddy have, and that he'll walk in faith as well. And that we'll be able to show him and teach him that fear has no place, because it doesn't matter. When we put our hope and our trust in fear, it's got nothing for us, fam. We gotta put our hope and our trust and our words and our actions in Christ Jesus. That's where our hope is found. The only place. So for you, here's the offer. Hope is on offer for you today, right now, where you sit, where you watch. You can choose consistently to put your hope in fear in a doctor, in a lawyer, in a situation, in a circumstance. Or you can choose to put your hope in faith in Christ Jesus. Really cool. Old Thomas, also known as Didymus. Uh, Thomas, even though he doubted in this moment, Thomas would go on and he would become a missionary. Thomas would travel halfway across the world to, to East Asia and to India. And Thomas is known for planting the church and bringing the gospel to India. Oh, that's our boy, old Doubting Thomas. Man, he received the gift of faith. And though it took some sight for him, he needed to be reminded. He took it and he ran with faith all the way to India, taking the gospel with him. Thomas died, 
by the spear preaching the name of Jesus to those who needed hope. Interesting little fact. You go and do a little research on Thomas and Didymus, both of his names. You're never going to guess what his names mean. The twin. (laughs) The twin. You see, the reality is, is that our hope is looks like a twin they look identical we put our hope we can put our hope in one thing or the other they look the same but in reality one brings death and worry the other brings life and hope it's all I had for my twins it's why we named them what we named them and it's why today they look like that right there They're wild. They're crazy. They're all boy. I'm shocked. They haven't burned this place down yet, man. It's crazy. And the thing is, is that I don't know what their future still holds. They're four and a half years old. And they jump off stuff. I'm just saying, like, I'm not sure how this thing still going to work out with them. I don't know what their future still holds. I just know God's been faithful to see them through today. I don't know what your future holds either. I don't know how things are going to work out in that relationship. I don't know how your health is going to pan out. I I don't know how financially you're going to make it. I, I don't know those things. And by the way, neither do you. Which is why you and I have to choose to put our faith in faith. Because there's only one person who knows all of those things already, and it's Christ Jesus. That's it. So here's the offer for you. Where are you going to put your faith? Maybe you've been putting your faith in the wrong things. Maybe you've been putting your faith in fear. Maybe today is the day that you put your faith and trust in Christ Jesus fully, as best you know how. Maybe along your journey, you have put your faith and trust in Jesus. And maybe there's still some things in you, like in me, that you need God to work on. You need him to continue to grow and build your faith. Me too. That's me too. We got to turn away from this and turn to this. Maybe that's you today. You just need to admit, yo, God, I believe. (laughs) Help me in my unbelief. Maybe you walked in today and you have no hope. You've heard about maybe God. You've maybe heard about Jesus. Maybe you haven't. You walked in, no context. I came today to tell you that hope is available for you as well. God who created all things loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. I told you a little bit about his story. He lived a perfect life and people got mad and upset about it and they put him on trial, they crucified him and they literally killed him. And in that moment when he hung on a cross, he carried the weight for your sin and for mine. Now, you might not know all about God, but here's what you do know at your core is that you're not perfect. You know that. The scriptures calls that sin. You've missed the mark. Scripture also says that all of us have missed that mark. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God, but there is hope for eternal life in Christ Jesus. Scripture lets us know 
that only one of Jesus' disciples were there at the cross when he died. Guess who wasn't there? Your boy Thomas. Only John. But that's good news for you and me. Because even though Thomas wasn't there and he was doubting, Jesus still showed up in his life and still said, I love you so much, I'm going to give you what you need so that you trust in me. And, And then Thomas took it and ran and did incredible work for God's kingdom. Maybe that's your story today. Maybe you just needed to be reminded of the nail marks in his hand and the, 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 the bruising and the pain that he suffered on your behalf. You see, there would be no hope if he had just died. And, and because you and I right now, we can go across the seas and we can go to Buddha's tomb. And I got news for you. If we crack it open, your boy Buddha still there. We can go and find Muhammad's grave. And when we crack that thing open, guess what we're going to find? Your old dead boy, Muhammad. But friends, I got news for you. If you go to the garden tomb and you look at the foot of Golgotha, you're going to see an empty tomb because he ain't there. Our Christ was so powerful that he got up out of the grave through his own power and he walked again. He walked this earth for 40 days. He made himself known to people. He ascended into heaven and right now he sits at the right hand of God the Father waiting for the moment where God says go and he will come back and receive you, his sons and daughters, and take you back to glory with him. That, that's what First Peter says you and I have, is that we have a living hope. Not a dead one like Buddha, not a dead one like Muhammad, not a dead one like every other religion that says you gotta earn your way to God. That ain't what you gotta do. Christ Jesus came down to earth to pay the price for your sin. All you have to do is put your faith in him, period. It. You ain't got to earn nothing. The gift of faith and eternal hope is on offer for you right now. Would you stand to your feet? And as you do, as you stand to your feet, would you bow your heads and close your eyes just as, as, an, as an act of reverence? So I want to ask you this question for you to consider Where's your hope? Is it in the things of the world? Is it in yourself? Is it in money? Is it in fear? Or is your hope found in Christ Jesus alone? If you're in the room today and you would be honest enough to say, Pastor, I've got faith, but there are times when I I struggle. That you would say, Jesus, I believe, help me in my unbelief. If, If that's you, would you just... Would you just boldly raise your hand as a, as a way of saying, God, I need you to help me grow in my faith today. I believe you, but I struggle sometimes with my faith. God, help me in my faith. Raise your hand. Hold it up high. That's you. You can put your hand down. Maybe today you've been struggling because you've never really put your trust in Jesus. You might know all about God. You might know all about Jesus. You were raised up in the church. You might know all those things. But at the core of it, right now, you feel the Holy Spirit pulling on your heart, saying, I know you know all about me, but you don't actually know me. So there's no way you can put your faith in me. That's the Holy Spirit of God wanting to give you a new heart for you to be born again. The scriptures say if you confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you would be saved, meaning you would have a new life. You would have a new heart. You would be born again. Then you would receive the gift of faith that you could put your faith in Jesus. And so I'm gonna invite our entire congregation to pray a prayer. It's not a magical prayer. It's really just a chance for you to communicate to God saying that you're a sinner and that you need him to confess him as Lord. So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and I'll invite everyone to pray this out loud for the benefit of someone who may just need that to come alongside of you. So I'll invite you to pray. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner and I'm lost without you. I need you in my life. I need your hope. Will you forgive me of my sin? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And I believe that he was raised from the dead. Will you save me right now? And help me learn to follow you the rest of my days, the best I know how. Give me hope today. Friends, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to invite you to do something. Last week, we We're praying for God's spirit to give people a new heart and that prayer hasn't ended. We saw 15 people respond last week. I wanna give you the chance today to boldly, no one's looking around, just ask you to do me a favor. It's just between me and the Lord. Just ask you that if if you prayed that prayer for the first time and you now believe that you have been born again and you received the gift of faith in that moment, would you just do me a favor and would you just raise your hand high above your head so that I can see? I'm gonna step out so that I can see that. That's you. Would you raise your hand high? I see that one hand in the back. Any others? Any others? I want to give you a moment. This is a moment for you just to acknowledge God just by raising your hand above your head. Amen. Amen. I'll invite you to do something maybe a little weird for you, but that's okay. No matter where you stand today, would you just, in some way, shape, or form, would you put both your hands out. You can put them up, you can put them out. This is a posture of receiving. This is a posture of receiving. I want you to say out loud, Jesus, this is for everyone. I want you to receive something today. I want you to say, Jesus, I receive what you have for me today. Would you open your heart right now? I'm praying that you would open your heart right now to receive what Jesus has for you. I'm going to pray of you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, your only son, I come to you right now and I say thank you. I thank you for the souls that you just saved. I thank you for the work in the hearts of people that you've been doing. God, we're continuing to pray for revival, but right now I pray for hope for your people. God, I pray that you would speak life over them, that you would speak joy over them, that you would speak promise over them, that you would give them hope unimaginable. That God, when the enemy speaks fear and destruction, that you would speak life and hope over every single one. God, that they would hear these words as we sing and that we would hold you up as our living hope. That no matter how great the chasm, no matter how deafening the silence of the grave, that we know that a roaring lion came out and now walks this earth again. And God, we have our only hope in Christ Jesus. So Father, let us walk with that today. Give us that hope today. Give it to your sons and daughters today. In Jesus' name. Church, we're gonna sing. And I want you to sing this out loud. I want you to be encouraged by these words. Come on, church, let's sing. Thanks for listening to today's episode. 
there's anything that we can do to serve you or come alongside of you in your journey, please reach out. You can reach us at hello at myhomechurch.cc.